Gumbo batted in and out down the lane. And the foul. Rebounded inside O'Bannon, who banks it in. Here's O'Bannon. He's been sensational. To the bucket! O'Bannon, the senior, the last time he will ever play on this court at Freedom Hall, and he flat can't miss. Welcome in, guys, to another episode of the Player's Perspective Uncensored with Larry O'Bannon. Got a great show lined up for you today. As we make our attempt to get back into some sort of normalcy after last week's heartbreaking news, uh, it's just tough, man, but we all got to move forward and try to get back into the rhythm and get back on regular schedule. As always, I appreciate you guys for taking time out of your day to tune in to the podcast. Now, today's episode, we're joined by former L.A. Clipper and Duke standout Daniel Ewing. Daniel's a good friend of mine. I've been talking with him for a while. Glad to have him come through and bless the podcast. Now, we'll be talking about what it's like to play for Coach K, uh, what it's like to play against Kobe Bryant, and student-athletes getting paid for their name, image, and likeness. Those will be the main topics that me and Danny will be talking about on the podcast today. And for the best part of the podcast, our bourbon selection of the day. Now, our bourbon selection of the day for this episode is Four Roses Small Batch from the Four Roses Distillery. Comes in at 90 proof, our 45% alcohol volume. Now, Four Roses uses two different mash bills. They use a 75% corn, 20% rye, 5% malted barley as one mash bill, and they also use a 60% corn, 35% rye, and 5% malted barley mash bill. So those are two different mash bills that they use. But to go along with those two different mash bills, they use five different yeast strains. Delicate fruit, spice, rich fruit, floral essence, and herbal notes. And so when you combine the five different yeast strains and the two different mash builds, you can come up with 10 distinct recipes. And so the small batch uses four of those 10 recipes to blend their mix for when they're bottling the small batch of this particular bottle of bourbon. They use the 75% mash bill, which is has rich fruit, has a spice yeast strain to it, and they also use the 60% mash bill, which has a rich fruit and a spice yeast strain to it as well. And so those are the four blends that they use to bottle up this particular branch of their small batch. And from a quick nose of just nosing the bourbon, you can definitely pick up the fruit fragrance. It's really present. A lot of dry berries if you want to be particular about what's picking up the strong aroma. There's also a strong ethanol aroma from it as well. So you can really smell the alcohol from the bourbon. The more that I start to smell it, the more alcohol the aroma becomes really strong with it but i'll give you guys my final review later on in the episode so let's jump into the conversation with danny d you and welcome to the podcast brother man appreciate you having me on hello already man already i know we've been talking about it for a minute man but we actually getting to it now I'm ready to get this thing going so yeah, uh, so man you were one of the prestige guys to be able to play for Duke University and to be able to play for Coach K. You know, guys like myself and many other fans, we've always kind of wondered, what's it like playing for Coach K? Because I played for a Hall of Fame coach and Rick Patino, but like Coach K is arguably like the greatest coach of all time in any sport, you know. So what was it like when you, you know, found out you got a scholarship there, you was going and talk about your experience playing for Coach K? All right, well, uh, Man, it was a when I when I finally got the call and, 
and Coach K called me and, and told me that I was their guy. There was a scholarship available for me. Uh, man, I, it was a dream come true. Like as a little kid, I always dreamed of you know wanting to play for Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so immediately, man, once I got that call, that ended all the recruiting process for me. <laughs> like straight up, like right. the the story goes is the true story. Like I, it was like so. I say I got the call on a Monday, right? Mm-hmm. That that previous Saturday. I had made, I had just spoken to Roy Williams when he was at Kansas. So that was like really my top two schools that I was going to come down to. Mm-hmm. And I had just set up my recruit, you know, like <clears throat> uh, come to visit for the fall, all that. A great conversation with Coach Roy Williams. And like I said, two days later, I got a call from Kay and, and, and the offer was on the table. Scholarship was on the table, man. I, I basically committed on the phone. So, uh, man, it, it was a, uh, yeah, it was a dream come true to go there, man. Like that, like that was my dream school growing up. Just following the early '90s team, uh, the Christian Laidens, Grant Hills, Bobby Hurley's, and then you know throughout the years being in high school, following the you know the Shane Battiers and and those type of teams, man. The Elton Brands and Trajan Laidens. Like I just, I was just was a big fan of the program and and, and some of the guys that they had come through it, come throughout, come through the program through the years before my time. Uh, it was it was a, it was a dream and honor to 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 get that opportunity. Dope, man. Quick backstory about me and you. You you don't even know this, but I remember the first time I played against you. We were at ABCD camp, and I didn't have a clue who you was. And so we were playing, and I never forget, man. I drove baseline. I hit you, and I spin, and you ripped me on the spin when I was spinning. I said, "Damn." <laughs> so we were going back down the other way and I came back again. I was like, oh, no, nah, I, I got to get him. And so I went the other way. I changed direction and I hit a spin again. As soon as I spin, you had this ability to be able to avoid the contact on the spin and get your hand in on the rip. So it was two times in a row you got in there and, and deflected the ball away. I'm like, man, who the hell is this dude, man? I'm like, damn, I'm like, you know, he's 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 not really that big, that strong. It's like, but he's quick though. And so, you know, time went on, and I was talking to some guys from Kentucky um, that I played against in high school, and they were telling me about this Christmas tournament that they went and played in, and uh, they went to Ballard High School, and they was like, yeah, we played against this Sugarland Willow Ridge. Said, man, they was tough. You know, it had Daniel Ewan. Ivan McFarland had uh, T.J. Ford. Said, man, they was tough. And I was like, okay, I knew who T.J. Ford was. I'm like, Ivan McFarland? I'm like, I don't know. And so then I looked it up. I'm like, I said, man, that's the dude I played against ABCD camp. And then, <laughs> and then come to find out he going to Duke. I said, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, he going to Duke. He, he pretty good defender. So I don't feel so bad, man. So that was a quick backstory, man, that you never even knew about. But I just remembered from ABCD camp when we was there, man. So it was, it was pretty cool, man. And you went on to have a – great career at Duke, man, and got drafted to the Clippers. But before we even get into that, everybody knows there's this special brotherhood that's just special bond about guys that go to Duke and how they really stick together even once they're done playing. What's what's that all about? What's it like being in that special fraternity? Uh, honestly, man, I, I, it, I think it's James all from Coach K. You know, uh, the fact that we've had and like you said, you played for a legendary Hall of Fame coach, but he hasn't been at one place his whole career. You mm-hmm. understand? Mm-hmm. So the fact that Coach K has been at this one program his entire career, man, it, that's what makes Duke so special. You know, right. we've had the same leader, you know, saying the same guy at the helm for 
40 plus years and you've had all this amazing talent come through. Guys are going on to do amazing things on and off the basketball court beyond their careers, you know. So I think that's the most important thing, man, that you, we've all, we all still can be connected to the program directly through the same coach. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but like I said, I mean, coach, coach K, he's a family oriented guy. Uh, when you're there, you know, you, his family is heavily involved in, in the program, his wife, his daughters, two of his daughters, you know, they helped the program tremendously over the years. And I, and, and they still, and they still do. So all that man plays a part in, plays a part in it. And once again, you got to remember all of our assistants, right? Our former, former players that played for the program. Nobody else. All yeah, Duke so, players. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, it all stings from him, man. Like, I get all of, you know, maybe that was the vision of his, you know, when he was younger, just to kind of, that's kind of how he wanted things to be. Like, all right, you know, I, I want, I want my guys to always be able to feel welcome to come back and, and feel that I'm, I'm always, you know, there to help them, you know, even past their, their days here. And so, uh, yeah, man, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great thing to be a part of. Even more so now that you know I'm on the other side of you know of not playing, so I'm retired. So having to reconnect with some guys and get in network and, and pull on some of these guys for advice, man, it, it's good to be able to pick up the phone and these guys hit you back, you know, uh, you know, just out of just out of love and respect. And I think that's how it should be, man. I wish that all universities had that strong bondage uh, that you guys have. I know at Louisville we have a good you know fraternity within our basketball guys and alumni but it's not as strong as it should be you know looking at you guys and looking even looking at your rival North Carolina the same way have a bunch of all North Carolina guys on the bench you know and I think that's something that all the universities especially basketball should strive for you know when you look at my coach he was at two rival schools you know you look at Kentucky and you look at Louisville so you know we all under Patino branch was like damn he went to Kentucky I went to Louisville so like we play with the same coach, but we ain't from the same fraternity, yeah. though, so it kind of makes it a little awkward sometimes. So let's go ahead and get into, like, the main part of the podcast, student-athletes getting paid for their likes and images. So in last year, in September of last year, governor of California signed a bill that student-athletes in the state of California could start to make profits off of their image and likeness. And so... Once he started and he signed that bill, what was your first thoughts when you first heard that? Initially, just not really knowing like the fine print of it, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, just seeing the the title of of what was going on, like, okay, this this could be something. And then after kind of really reading into it and what it was about and what you know what they were actually proposing, mm-hmm. kind of had not not doubts, but just kind of like, okay, well, how is this really going to work? Like, how are they going to govern this? Like, you know, and so that was my initial concern. But I think it's a great a great step forward. It's not a complete victory, you know, in in, in, the, in the sense of the time that's passed and what's been going on in in college and in college sports. But it's a great step forward towards where where things need to be going because I think student athletes should be able to <laughs> to make money off their their name, likeness, and image. You know, if if it's presented to them without being penalized, I I agree, and I had the same approach when I first read about it and when well when I first heard it and I was like man it's about time but I was like well let me see what else is going on with it so like you said once I start to read up on it and it's like okay well 
let me see what the NCAA is going to do. And so they immediately the NCAA responded. was like, well, anybody in that state, any university in that state is going to be automatically ruled ineligible for anything that goes on. You know, it wasn't long after that NCAA, you know, had to come sort of comply with it because everybody else was going to sort of jump on board with it as well. But the state of California really threw their weight around because it's one of the most populated states, one of the biggest marketing areas, big marketing dollars. And, you know, you got major universities. But for me, I, I thought it was about time, man. I I think that, you know, student athletes should, you know, be able to profit off their uh, likes and images, man. I, what's wrong with a guy selling a jersey? What's wrong with a guy being able to man, tutor a young man? You know, being able to tutor nothing, a young man about his jump shot, or you know, nothing at all, man. Yeah, I mean, it's long overdue. Like right. long overdue. Uh, I mean, things like things of this nature take time uh, to actually be done right. And uh, and like I said, it, I think the time has come where we've seen athletes be able to take more control of their own careers, their own narrative. And so, like I said, I think, I mean, it's, this is the time is right for this to happen for college, for college sports. I mean, we'll see, we'll see exactly how the NCAA complies with these, with these rules. And, and if they, you know, if they still on their dictatorship type of ways or if they actually are trying to help the student athletes, you know, in the best, in, in the best manner for the student athlete. Right. So a typical day at Duke for you went how? From the time you woke up to the time you went to bed, what was a typical day for you? Or typical how did it go? day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't really like if I, if I could avoid an early class. That you know, I, I I was gonna not have no early like nine a.m. a.m. You know saying so. A typical day would probably be ten or eleven o'clock class, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not too early. For probably like one or two classes, or at least two classes a day. So you do that, you probably get out your last class, maybe, I don't know, uh, two o'clock or something. You might have practice like at five. So after, after, after your second class, whatever, you go grab some lunch. Uh, by that time, you probably heading over to the gym, get there early. If you got to get treatment or something, you know, maybe want to get some reps up before mm-hmm. practice for like two hours, maybe, uh, just depending on, you know, just depending on, the day of the week it is. How now, early now, early now, it what's, is. now, what time is it in the day now? By the time you get to practice, what time is it? Let's just say practice is like at five, five or six. You know, because yeah, you know, and you know, in college, everybody's schedules are different. Guys are taking different majors. They somebody might have a a, a kind of like a a midday class, like at three or something. You know what I'm saying? So right. we, we try and get everybody time to to finish their classes and, and be able to make their practice on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you might have a guy who might have this like, I don't know, like a this little funny class that they take that they got to be that guy like maybe that's at like seven or so you know what I'm saying so so we try to you know the schedules fluctuate but say you practice at five five thirty or something practice you go to practice and then you get the if you get you know whatever you whatever your routine is maybe you, maybe you get there early to get some work in or maybe you stay late but practice like two hours and then you're full intent you know you, you got it you know you got to be got to be focused uh, coach is going to be ready every day. You're going to bring it. You're going to compete. And then, you know, at the practice, you know, like you get your treatment, uh, whatever that may be, uh, ice down, bad. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever, cold tub, steam room, uh, maybe you got an injury, you know, whatever. Maybe you might need a massage. You do whatever to have a team meal, nice team meal, mm-hmm. study hall, 
just depending on the day or week it is, you might have to go to study hall. You do that for about an hour. You get to the house. It's probably like or your dorm, your apartment, it's probably like 8-ish, 8.30-ish by this time, you know, maybe even later, 8, 8, 8 or 9 o'clock. And then you have the rest of the day, I mean, the rest of the night to either, you know, to finish up on some schoolwork or, you know, you're trying to socialize and chill out, hang out with some guys or your teammates or whatever the case may be. Right. And so now my schedule, our schedule, when I was at Louisville, we had individuals in the morning. We had individual practice for an hour. So depending on when your classes was, you either had it at 8, 9, 10, or 11. And so in the morning time, you had to be up for individuals. And then if you didn't have individuals, you had class. Classes went to about, you know, you probably had an hour break from like 11 to 12 sometimes. Then you had a class from like 1 to 2.15. So your whole morning, you you up. you either practicing or you're in class. And so practice started at 3 o'clock. Film session started at 2.45, and you had to be in your seat at 2.30. If you wasn't in your seat at 2.30, no, no bullshit. You had to be in your seat at 2.30. If you wasn't in your seat at 2.30, you was late. And so if you wasn't in your seat at 2.30, you might have been late. But film started at 2.45. Film started at 2.45. Had film every single day, whether it was pre And you had to be there. You had to, had to be there in your seat at 2.30. That was a general rule for us with anything, though, D. Like, whether it was wow. film, whether it was bus, whether it was a meeting, everything you had, whatever time it was. And remind me to tell you a backstory about this, about when we were playing Tennessee on the road about this 15 minutes. But everything that we had to do, we had to be there 15 minutes early. So if he said 2.45, you knew that you had to be there at 2.30. If you weren't there at 2.30, you were late. So be in your seat 2.30, film starts at 2.45, depending on the day. You know, film could last 15 minutes and practice started at 3, or sometimes it could last 30 minutes and practice started at 3.30. So then you practice for two and a half hours, so you practice from 3 to 5.30. So then from 5.30 to roughly, let's say, 6, you're icing, you're stretching, and things like that. So then once you finish that, you got training table. Training table is where, you know, you sit down and eat. Training table starts at 6.30. So you're eating from 6.30 to 7, 7.15. Then study, uh, hall. study hall. Yeah, study hall started at 7.30. Study hall went from 7.30 to 9. Once you got to be upperclassmen, once you got to be a junior, you know, if you had a 3.0 GPA, you could get out of study hall. But if not, you had study hall till 9. And so now it's 9 o'clock. You haven't been able to do nothing. Everything's been structured for you now. So you so tired. It's like, okay, now you got to do your homework, you know, yeah. try to socialize, do anything. And and I ain't even through weightlifting in there because weightlifting, you you know, we got to lift four times a week. So sometimes, you know, between that 8 to 2.15 window, you have to get your lift in there too or you have to stay and lift after practice. So that's another hour, hour and 15 minutes you have to squeeze in there. So I say that to say because – you know, athletes, you don't have time to get a part-time job. You don't have time to get extra income. Nothing extra, really. yeah. yeah. So you, like, got, you don't have time for nothing extra besides going to school and the particular sport that you participate in. Exactly. And what people don't really understand is that people think, well, your school is paid for, you get a four-year scholarship. Scholarship is not four years scholarship is on a year-to-year basis and if you don't perform they can take that scholarship away from you i think that's the misconception that a lot of people don't understand yeah i mean i think 
looking at the landscape of college basketball now, that's a lot. I mean, back when we was in school and maybe before, that wasn't it wasn't uh, that wasn't happening as much or or if any, you know, for most part, guys were going to school on for on scholarships, and you know, the guys were, you know, just just determined and you know, psychologically, mentally strong enough to get through the you know the hard times to make it work. Right. Uh, I think now now a lot of kids they actually these scholars these kids nowadays are going to these schools and, and thinking stuff is supposed to be just you know like things are just going to be like it was in high school. And when the hard times come and stuff don't work, you know, they can't get through it. And then a lot of some of the kids, especially from from stuff I know around here in, in the Texas area, a lot of these kids are these scholarships are getting taken away from them. And that's why you seeing these transfers and all this other stuff like it's so prevalent now. The scholarships are getting taken away from kids who, who are not performing so that you know up to their capabilities. And I know now it's a little different from when we were in school because when we were in school you just got your room and board, and that's it. But I think nowadays, you know, the student athletes, they get what's called cost of living. And so they get their uh, tuition paid for, the fees, books, room and board, and, like, personal expenses. Like, when we were playing, we didn't have the extra part of the personal expenses. And I think, you know, kids now, I think I was researching where they get kind of like 2000 to $5,000 per semester. And, you know, that would have been the bank for us, but, what? <laughs> that would have been, like, been, 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 been a nice come up, but uh, it's it's a little different. But let's move on to the Zion effect. And you being a Duke graduate and Duke great know just firsthand how much basketball, college basketball, really benefited from Zion coming to college basketball. So with the new CBA coming up and guys, hopefully guys will be able to go straight to the league. What what do you think about, I want to be careful with this word exploitation, but that's kind of what it is of college really exploiting a, a guy like Zion. Because when Zion was at Duke, you couldn't mention basketball. You couldn't mention, you couldn't have any college commercials, know nothing about college basketball without Zion in it some shape, form, or fashion. But he wasn't able to benefit financially from that. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of what's been going on throughout the history of, you know, college well, college sports and, you know, with the, NCAA, the rules of the NCAA. I mean, you can go back to, uh, let's go back to the Fast Five, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got these ultimately talented five freshmen who come into uh to Michigan and, and kinda just and change the you know, change the landscape of college basketball with how they play, how they you know what I'm saying, how they approach things, their swagger, you know, their comp like everything. So Right. Uh I mean it's been it's been a, a it's been a bunch of guys before Zion that's really missed you know possibly been the, the faces of, of college. We're talking about college basketball. We're in the face of college basketball. Right. And have been able to benefit from, you know, the jersey sales and, you know, all and all the, the big business that's going around going on around and because of his performance and his play at his university. So yeah, so I mean like I said, we it's just the the, the act, the the fair play the fair play to play act is long overdue. I mean, there's plenty of guys who've been in the face of, and maybe not college basketball, but been in the face of their their college teams and for universities and 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 jersey sales and everything are out out the roof, and, and the university is making money off of this this kid's you know his his, his talents and his 
in his name and likeness. But like you said, the kid doesn't get to see any of that money. The university is making millions of dollars. NCAA is making billions of dollars. And the, the talent on the court is left with, with nothing. While Meanwhile, we a lot of us come from, you know, less fortunate situations mm-hmm. where, you know, like you said, two thousand, five thousand dollars a semester go a long way for a kid who, you know, who come from from bare minimum. You see a lot more high profile guys or elite high school talent. They start to consider pro options now. Guys are starting to wanting to go pro yeah. overseas for a year instead of going to college. So many, you know, you got you know, you got so many guys like you said that have just not been able to just. I've had players in practice for my team where it's like a guy named Otis George was, you know, in practice and he ran a sprint. <laughs> he ran a sprint one time and he was doing a back tip and he missed the back tip, man. And he just kept going and just flopped on the wall and sat down. And everybody was going back the other way in the transition drill and Otis was just sitting there on the wall. It was like, Otis, what the hell is going on? What's wrong, man? And he was just like, I'm tired, man. I haven't eaten. I'm just tired. And it, <laughs> like, no bullshit, dude. No bullshit. He just sat there. And it was funny because he had, like, a, he's from uh, Dominica. And so he had, he had this island accent. He's like, Coach, no eat. And we were sitting there, like, we was laughing, but. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't really a laughing matter because he didn't have any money. He didn't have any place to go and eat. It was kind of like the epitome of not being able to have nothing. But but yeah, man. I mean, just to from that story. But when people who are opposed to college athletes getting paid, they don't understand when we're saying like the college athletes should get something right for their, you know, for for what they do for the university. We're not talking about like a salary, like an NBA player or actual like a professional player. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about, like you're saying, a nice little stipend type of uh, amount of money to where we could have, make sure we have money to maybe go get us, you know, maybe go get us a, a little, a nice little, I don't know, TGI Fridays, you know, when we need it or whatever the case may be, or have money to wash our clothes. Or just the the simple things, you know, the just the simple things in, in life that people need money for. We're not talking about to be able to buy the extravagant things or whatever the case may be. Maybe, maybe you need to have an uh, emergency trip to get home. You have an emergency at your, you know at your home with your family. You know you need a, you need to catch a, a flight or catch get a bus ticket. Whatever the case may be, just money that type of money. Right, right, and it it'll be interesting to see because you know some schools have bigger boosters as well, and so. What if a booster wants to bring a recruit in? Okay, Daniel Ewing is a recruit that we're bringing in on campus this week. We're going to go introduce him to Bob, the car salesman. The car, you know, Bob, the car salesman wants to pay Daniel Ewing ten thousand dollars to sign autographs and just sit out in front of his car a lot and just sort of be an advertisement. You know, so I I think there's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of regulations that they put on this as well. If they can put the regulations on it, which I'm sure, sure they will. That's going to be interesting going forward, but it just popped back to me. Let me go back to my 15 minutes early story. Uh, D so, okay. We, uh, we playing, we're playing Tennessee. We playing at Tennessee. And so, um, the bus was leaving at five 45 going over to the game. And so, 
we getting down, we getting dressed. And so my teammate had already went down and I'm like, okay, I'll be right there. So mind you, it's five 30 on the dot D I'm walking out the front door of the hotel, five 30. I'm, I'm walking out the front door buses, like five feet in front of me. So all of a sudden, as I'm walking out the door, the bus starts pulling off. I'm like, Oh shit. And so I'm like kind of standing there in shock. Like, Nah, he's he's wrong. He ain't gonna leave me. And so the bus is pulling. The bus is pulling on down. The, the bus is pulling on down the street. And so all of a sudden the bus stops. And so I start running. I got my, you know, I got my game uniform, pants, warm up, and everything. I got my shoes in my hand. I'm running. And so as I get close to the door on the bus, the bus starts pulling off again. I said, oh, come on, man. What what are y'all doing? Y'all y'all bullshitting, dude. And so <laughs> and so the bus pulls yeah. hey, the bus pulls off and goes to the game. I had to get in a cab and catch a cab to the game. And when I got there, you know, coach was like ripping me about, you know, about being on time, this and that. But when I wasn't there, they was laughing, they pranking. And so my teammates was like, yeah, we was all on the bus laughing. You know, coach was laughing. He was telling the bus driver to mess with you because you was late. And my UD, I was coming out the door at 5.30 on the dot. And like I said, the bus was leaving at 5.45. But like I said, if you're not there 15 minutes early, you get left. I I got left, man. And, you know, I still end up playing a little bit. But I'm glad that we won the game because it would have been even worse if we had lost the game. Bro, it would have been all your fault. (laughs) Right. It would have been all your fault. Man, but. You know how that go in college. You could have blamed the whole thing on you, bro. Man, what you said. So, with everything that we've been talking about, now let's jump to the other side. How do you think that would affect coaching or do you think it would have any effect at all with how coaches coaching their players or, you know, if that would make it, you know, even more tougher to coach or, or what do you think? Man, that's a, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to be, it would be some type of an adjustment. Uh, Cause like you said, you never know, you know, how the individual is going to react now or respond now that they, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, now that they're making or they're able to make however much money it is that you know that they're able to make based off of their their name likeness or image hey i don't i mean like i said we it, it's still interesting to see how all this how this will play out because like you said this how will how stuff how will stuff be regulated right you know will they only be able to to make a certain you know what i'm saying it would it be a cap on like okay you can only make the most you can make on one one little transaction is i don't know you know it's is ten thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't like how do you because like yeah, I mean, you coming from kids, inner city kids who who don't have much, right? Mm-hmm. Never had had their own anything, a lot of kids, and now you able to you able to say, Okay, I got this signing deal I'm doing with like the Bob the car sales. He gonna give me ten thousand just to go up here and sign autographs and say hello and shake people's hand. Right. Ten thousand dollars is a lot of money, not just to, but just saying for a, a college kid, it's a lot of money to to, to adults. So to some adults with so $10,000, and that's a lot of money that you've never seen before in your life. College kid, you're a millionaire. Exactly. Like, how do you, if you haven't been, uh, which most high school 
college kids haven't been taught and don't have no financial literacy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you handle that? You know? Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be, it's going to be some type of adjustment for, for the coaches dealing with that. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't know how regulated the situation will be, but, yeah, I, I mean, I still do believe that it's, it's, it's time for the, the athlete to be able to, to profit off their own, their own likeness, image, and name. Right. Uh, in whatever manner, in whatever manner they see fit that fits them, you know, right. How do you regulate that? I don't know. Right. Right. That That's to be seen. Well, let me, t- let me flip it and ask you this. How do you think it would do with team camaraderie? Daniel Ewing is, well, damn, Daniel's out here making 10000 with Bob the car salesman, and, you know, he's got card signing over here, and now Daniel's making money, and, we, you know, we ain't doing nothing but getting a little regular college stipend every month. You know, do you think that that could mess with team camaraderie a little bit? It could, right? Because we're dealing, we're talking about, we're just humans, right? We, right. We, we're talking about kids, but at the same time, we're still human beings. So, you know, mm-hmm. some people are more mature than others. Some people understand it better than others. Uh, I was a guy personally, like, I didn't really, I wasn't really concerned with what any, you know what I'm saying, what the next man was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was concerned about, man, how can, you know, how can I get better? How do I need to, you know, what do I need to do? I wasn't really concerned about Oh well, L.O. getting this, then I, nah, I wasn't that guy. So, right. but there are guys like that. So yeah, just depending on the team and the individual, uh, yeah, you're going to have those type of situations. But at the same time, why should my teammates know exactly? They shouldn't know my business of you know how much I got unless I'm telling them. Right. You understand? Right, right. Like they shouldn't right. know. Like they might know that yeah, you know I'm doing some stuff, but they shouldn't know the amount of money that I'm getting unless unless I'm telling them or somebody putting it out there. But which in the case of the kid who's actually that kid who's able to really profit off of their name, like the image, that information shouldn't be put out to the public about the amount of money that he's receiving for any deal, you know? So just for his, his safety and his privacy. Right. Uh, it, I kind of, it's kind of like how it is in Europe. You know, we both played in Europe. If we're on the same team, uh, what I'm getting don't don't have nothing to do with what you get. You understand? Know exactly, exactly. And, and for the most part, you really don't know what I'm getting unless I tell you, unless you know, you know, somehow the GM or somebody tells you. But for the most part, like it's not like the NBA where everything is transparent and you know who's getting what. How you know? But uh, you shouldn't know what the next man is doing unless he actually tells you. Like, hey man, I got this much uh, for this and the third. But I mean, yeah, it's like I say it's going to be interesting to see how how the kids handle it. But I don't like. It's life, right? Life is not fair. It's not. It's not an equal playing board for for everyone. Like everyone, even on a real job, guys make their salaries fluctuate depending on you know how <clears throat> how much how productive you are for the, for that particular job and and your job description. Exactly, and I think so that's, it, that's the no, excuse me. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's the main no, thing that people have to get over about. Every argument, well, that's not fair. This is not fair. Well, why can't this group of people get this? Why? When has life ever been fair? Nothing's ever been fair. You know, thing, right? Yeah. things are just how they are, and that's it. The quicker you accept it and adapt to it, the better off you will be. And, you know, I, I sometimes, you know, I don't want to say I get irritated, but, like, sometimes when people just throw that out there and I'll be like, 
that's just like a cop out. Come on, that that's just uh, you know you reaching now talking about something's not fair. A lot of things aren't fair. You know you just got to get over that. Well, I mean, and you're absolutely right. Like life is not fair in a lot of ways for a lot of people, a lot of groups of people. You know, life is not life hasn't been always been fair, always been just right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we, we're talking about a situation that basically what we're talking about is becoming it's business, right? Right. And so this is business. So in business, yeah, things really not like it's not an equal, it's not an equal playing field. Like it's business. Like, all right, I see this uh, potential for this certain situation. And this is what I'm willing to pay to, you know, what I'm saying for that service or pay for, you know, to pay to get it. Like that's basically what this would come down to. Like, okay, like this is use Zion for example. Yes, Zion would have would have been probably making. Had the, this being in effect when he was in school, he would have been making a lot of money based on, you know, his name, likeness, and image. Right. He also had a teammate, right, who, who was then right there, but he might not have been making the same amount on each whatever, each little deal or whatever. But mm-hmm. you get, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, <clears throat> it is what it is. Mm. It is what it is. Right, right. And in college, you know, you, you're around each other so much because you practice all the time, eating dinner together. A lot of times you're in classes, you're in study hall. You know, sometimes it's only natural that, like you said, these young kids become curious on things. And, and that's cool. Like it's and it's cool, especially. I mean, because you know, like you said, your teammates become like family, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you should kind of know the guys that you can kind of share certain information with. And everybody on the team is not is not they don't hang out the same. Like you're not you cool. You might be cool, and you might not be cool with everybody. But you know, you have your your group of guys that you actually like. Okay. After practice, like this guy and this guy gonna be, we gonna be together somehow, some way, you know. And then everybody else, they might have their little group. And but when you come together, everybody cool, but everybody don't really hang out and do the same right. stuff. We all have different, and you know what I'm saying? We all gravitate to different things outside of basketball. And so yeah, you have your guys, uh, one or two guys that you might be like, man, you can't believe what they just gave me for this, and you trust that they, you know, that they not gonna get jealous or envy. Yeah, and they and they not, you know, and they it's gonna stay between y'all, and they gonna be supportive. Like, man, that's dope. And you might even some guys, you know, are so selfless they might even be breaking off. They, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. bro, I just got this. Look here, here, here. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you my guy, take this. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. D, man, now we've come to a part of the podcast that we like to call Barrel Proof. When it comes to bourbon, Barrel Proof bourbon is one of the strongest bourbons out there on the market. You know, when you sip it, you know, it gives you a little warming sensation. So right now we're going to ask you some rapid-fire questions, put you on the hot seat, man. Don't give it a lot of thought. Just give me your first answer. We're going to roll with it. Yeah, got you. All right. Who would you rather have producing and giving you a beat, Timberland or Pharrell? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Timbo. I'm gonna go with Timbo. Mm, that's a good choice. That's a tough one though. When you're walking into the mall, what's the first store you typically walk in? Uh, just like <laughs> category or like actual like name of the store. Name of the store. When you walk in the mall, what's the first store you normally walk in? Uh, it's probably gonna be a shoe store. Just depending, because <laughs> I, I mean I park just because of where I park. I'm gonna park where I can, you know. So if I'm going to one particular mall, it's gonna be the shoe store. I'm going to the bigger mall. It's going to be a Nordstrom. Okay. Just because of where I park. You know what I'm saying? It's just because of where I park. So You this finish line for me. That's you the first door I'm walking into. Yeah, and that's the story that, that for me to finish line. <laughs> Toughest player in the league that you had to cover? That's, that's tough, L.O. 
I was in the league where guys still, you know, was able to try to play defense. And you <laughs> right. still had guys who was able to put put forty and fifty on you. You know what I'm saying? You got to give me I'm one guy. Go, I'm gonna have to go with Cole, man. I was in, I was in the league when Cole put up eighty one. I was still in the league when that was going on. So I I got to go with Cole, man. I, I actually started against the Lakers and, and Cole was my assignment. So I got to go with with Cole. Ooh, that's tough, man. That, that, I don't know if it gets tougher than that, bro. I, I, got, <laughs> I, got a, I got a story for you on that one, too. <laughs> Go ahead and share it, then. <laughs> yeah, so, so all right, um, I don't think it was my first start. It might have been, like, my second start. So we mm-hmm. played the Lakers. Obviously, we both in L.A., but we was the home team. Mm-hmm. And so we get ready for, you know, for the game, just going over the game, playing strategy, and coaches like, yo, Daniel, Mind you, I'm a rookie. Right. It's like, Daniel, you, you got COVID tonight, right? I wasn't really <laughs> necessarily, I, I was surprised. I wasn't necessarily nervous, but I was like, I was surprised, right? I was like, me? I got COVID. Like, like all right, you just going to throw me in. Okay. I'm like, cool. All right. So my thing, I try to get my mind right. Like, look, just, just stay in front and just contest your shots. You know, don't let them, don't let them, you know, get around you where you break down the defense and everybody got to help. So for the right. first half of the game, right? That's basically what happened. Like, I was quick enough. Obviously, Kobe's taller than me, right? He's mm-hmm. stronger, but I was had a strong enough base, and I was quick enough where he wasn't really getting by me just one-on-one, right? Mm-hmm. So they was trying to post me up a lot. He was trying to post me up a lot, which is, I mean, that's Kobe. Like, you know, right. he got an advantage. He's trying to exploit it. He's trying to post me up a lot. And I was holding my ground. I was making him shoot fadeaway jump shots. I was like, that was my thing. Like, look, if you post me up, you're not getting a layup. You're not putting me in the basket. Right. You're going to have to shoot a fadeaway shot. So that was just, that took pride in that. Like, you're going to have to shoot a fadeaway. Mm-hmm. So he took, he took fadeaway shots. So the first half, Kobe had 12 points a half. So I did a pretty good job, right? Yeah, we went in. That's a damn good job. We went in. Kobe only got 12, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he only got 12. So mind you, offensively, I wasn't really hitting my shots, right? Right. They was, you know what I'm saying? I'm the rookie. They trying to see, you know, we, they going to force me to take the open, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't really hitting my shot. So the second half, I only played like started the game again, started the third quarter. I only played like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Didn't see the game the rest of the court, right? Didn't get on court the rest of the game. Man, Kobe went off. <laughs> I'm talking about. Look, he had 12 and a half. He ended up with 50 and the game winning shot. Golly. Now, granted, I can't say that, you know, I would, but uh, he started, he just, Something. Well, I don't know. He, he went into Kobe mode, man. He started hitting fadeaway threes. He hit about seven fadeaway threes. It was like he started just doing crazy stuff, man. So but what, that was. So what you're saying is, if you'd have played the second half, he wouldn't have got fifty in the game winner. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna stick to. I'm gonna stick to that. Like I don't think he would have got fifty, man. I'd have been able to play more minutes in the second half. But, right. You know, Who was Vinny yeah, Del Negro at the time? He was the coach. Nah, uh, Mike Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy. That's why. That's probably why he got fired too, man. But yeah, but like to my guys, credit, man. They like, Kobe, like I said, he started hitting shots. Like man, you like guys were playing great D. Like you know what I'm saying? Like when they say, oh, but great, great offense, be great, man. It was just Kobe was hitting. Like I said, he started hitting fadeaway threes with the shot clock winding down, guys all in his face. It, it just he just got in one of the zones, man. That's it. All right, next question, man. One thing that you learned from Coach K. One thing that I learned, uh, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. I mean, that's something he really preached about, uh, from, from, from the jump, just, you know, uh, throwing yourself into what the team is trying to accomplish and, and being, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Nice. One female celebrity you would rate a perfect 10. Female celebrity, I would rate a perfect 10. Ooh. 
perfect 10. Mm-hmm. Man. Seems like you have a lot uh, of options. I mean, we talking about now, present day, or like in they prime? Like what we Man, talking about? Man, we talk about whatever, whoever you <laughs> want it to be. <laughs> Man. Phew. I'm going to go with. Ooh. It could be childhood, now, whenever. All right, we're we gonna go with we we're gonna go with Halle Berry. Man, that's 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 the first person come to my mind. Your favorite hoop shoes of all time? Of all time, easy. Kobe Fours. Okay. Which shoe? I mean, which movie you taking? Minister Society Life. or New Jack City? Oh. Man, that's tough. Come on, hello. <laughs> Got put you uh, on the hot seat, brother. Man, Minister Society or New Jack City? Uh, I'm gonna go with Minister Society. Mm, I don't even know if I could choose on that one. I, that's tough. Yeah, see, but you, I'm, I'm trying to be, a, I'm trying to get be a good sport. You know I ain't, what I'm, I'm not on the hot seat. <laughs> I'm trying to be a good sport. I didn't want to choose. <laughs> All right, another one coming. Jordans or Air Max? Jordans. What's a must-have side dish if you're having fried fish? Shoot, fries. Okay. <laughs> Last question. If you start in a franchise right now, who are you taking, Luka Doncic or Devin Booker? Luka Doncic. Mm, taking, taking the young fella, man. European. This kid, the kid that man, kid got game. Not, not, not saying Devin Booker ain't got game, but this kid, twenty years old, man, he. And, and to you know, he's doing it, man. Yeah, he's he's special, man. He's he's definitely yeah, he's doing, doing it. Daniel Ewan, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, man, to come through and bless the podcast, brother. All love, I appreciate it. Know you're a busy, man. But once again, man, I appreciate you coming through and blessing the Players Perspective Uncensored podcast, brother. Man, it was a pleasure, man. I appreciate you having me. Already, this definitely won't be the last time either. I really hope that you guys enjoyed the conversation that Danny and I had. It's always good to hear other people's thoughts on important topics, such as student athletes getting paid off their name, image, and likeness. And especially from somebody that's been in that experience and somebody that's been a student athlete at one time or another. And so that's what this podcast is all about, getting different perspectives from people that's actually been in that field. And now for my final review of the four roses small batch. And so as I started to nose my gentleman's drink, I really noticed that there was a strong berries flavor to it. It also had some oak flavor in there as well. Uh, but it really had a strong alcohol or ethanol aroma with it as well. The more that I started to nose it, the stronger the ethanol aroma became. Had good energy from the sip. Had sort of a thin texture. Didn't have some of that thicker, more oily texture that some of the other bourbons that you try have. Had a slight spice to it. Had a little bit of oak in there with the taste as well. Carried well in transition. Didn't have that much heat. Uh, the oak flavor lingered around and carried into the aftertaste. But also came up with a little bit of vanilla in that aftertaste as well. Didn't linger around too long, but it wasn't too short. Uh, just the right amount of time. But overall, it's good bourbon. One that I enjoyed and one that I think you would enjoy as well. 
And so I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in today. As always, I'm always appreciative of you guys taking time out of your day to listen in. Be sure to share with your family and friends. Rate us. Leave reviews. Tell your loved ones that you love them while you can. Don't take any day. Don't take any time for granted. Uh, Make sure you send more suggestions for our bourbon selection of the day for future episodes. And so now that you've heard the player's perspective, you know what time it is. Till next time, it's a wrap. It's a wrap.